Get everyone face to face, confront Mr. Body with his crimes, and then turn him over to the police. So everything is explained. Nothing's explained. We still don't know who killed him. But the point is, we've got to find out in the next 39 minutes before the police arrive. My God, we can't have them come here now. But how can we possibly find out which of you did it? What do you mean, which of you did it? Well, I didn't do it. Well, one of us did. We all had the opportunity. We all had a motive. Great. We'll all go to the chair. Maybe it wasn't one of us. Well, who else could it have been? Who else is in the house? Only the cook. the cook. The cook! <laughs> I'd like to watch, Eve. What do you mean, you like to watch? I like to watch. All right, this is Don Hall. I am here with Don Smith. And this is I Like to Watch each week. One of us gets to pick a movie that we like to watch, and this week it was Mr. Donnie Smith's turn. So what's your movie, Don? I am choosing Clue, the film from 1985. Based on the 1949 board game of the same name, the film is set in 1954 amidst McCarthyism and the House Un-American Activities Committee. Six guests are anonymously invited to a mysterious mansion for dinner. But after they are locked in and their host is killed, they are forced to cooperate with the butler to find out who done it. Otherwise, they'll all go to the chair. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so you you chose this. So tell me, uh, why do you what, what you, you like to watch this? You love this movie, and I'm curious. Um, is this something that was like a, a nostalgia pick that you really loved when you were a kid, or is this just? Tell me about this. This is this is a nostalgia pick, but it's it's an ongoing it's an ongoing thing with me. Like I I loved this movie. Look, the movie came out in '85, so I was all of seven years old. So I did not see it in the movie theater. Um, but this is one of those, you know, and I'm 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 sure a lot of people of my generation. I'm I'm sure probably your generation as well. Uh, had those HBO picks, man. Just those those movies that were just run over and over and over again. Uh, and and I, I, Clue is definitely one of those for me. And uh, yeah, so it's like it's a warm blanket film for me, for sure. And, uh, you know, I, I, I picked this movie unbeknownst to me. The movie was actually released in December... Uh, it was released on December 13th of 1985. So, you know, about five days ago, this movie premiered in 1985, which to me, it, 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 it this movie smacks, it, it smells, it feels like fall. You know, I mean, there's the rain, there's the, the dead leaves everywhere. Just the movie smells like fall when I watch it. Uh, so it's interesting that it was released in December. But actually, my wife pointed out that the, uh winter what is it the winter solstice is actually december 21st so yeah yeah yeah, yeah so, that's exactly so fall winter, 
technically winter yeah winter doesn't really start until january i mean that's when winter happens and you sure. know that from a chicago perspective is like yeah you get snow in november and december but once you hit january and february fuck off it's oh no, so cold no yeah you can't ball, see straight, cold. So. no no it's horrible yeah, yeah. horrible so so yeah this movie this movie it, it, it feels like it feels like this time of year to me you know i mean i can watch this movie and i do watch this movie all of the time um Again, kind of like Heat, uh, kind of like a lot of the picks that I'll, I'm sure I'll have. Um, I just I can put it on and just have a good time, just going through it and and reliving moments and listening to the dialogue and and yeah, just the feel of the movie is is very much this time of year for me. So that's that's partly why I picked it. Um, yeah. Also picked it because I just honestly like you know this cast is pretty outstanding in terms of like yeah it's a it's pretty much a who's who of a comedic ensemble actors although although tim curry was not um even the third choice no he was the third choice he was the thing. third choice right yeah, right yeah, which yeah. which i didn't even know until i started doing the research on this i you know because to me i you know again i was telling my wife i was like i, I can't imagine this movie without him you know yeah um, oh, yeah there are oh, yeah. some it's, there are some weird. actors there are some actors who uh, you know, a Madeline Kahn. I cannot imagine this movie without her. You know, like uh, Martin Mull. I could, I could give or take. You know, some of the other uh, characters maybe, but um, you know, uh, uh, just you know, uh, Madeline Kahn, Tim Curry. Uh, it just there's certain actors in this Leslie movie that you Warren. can't see. I think Leslie and Warren, and it's, that's when I think of this movie. That's I mean, the two people that I do think about is, and it's not that I don't think of Madeline Kahn. It's just that she's so different in this movie than any other. Any other things she's done? Sure, it's you know it's a very dour role rather mm -hmm. than a sort of like hysterical role. <laughs> that that when I think of this movie, I, I think I agree with with Martin Mull. Take him or leave him. You know, it's like yeah, you know, I mean, he's there. He 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 functions in the film exactly how uh, you know Colonel Mustard should. That's sure. fine. Yeah, but uh, but I always think of uh, Tim Curry and Leslie Ann Warren. Yeah, granted. I did see this in the theater. Oh wow! Okay. I was and I was uh, nineteen years old. Okay. So of course, you know, I identify strongly with the Leslie Ann Warren character. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. As yeah. A, yeah. Gorgeous. You know, gorgeous. Gorgeous. Very, very attractive. I mean, I, I, and she's funny. Yeah, I think. So. I think the first time I saw her was um, there was an episode of Columbo that she was in with George yep. George Hamilton. If you remember George. <laughs> George Hamilton. That sounds right. Yeah. Hey, George Hamilton. I just watched. I mean, on a on a, a, a side note, talk yeah. about a career that's kind of gone weird. I just was, and we'll talk about this at some point. But I was watching the the Godfather three coda. Yeah, 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 yeah. I wanted I wanted to see the coda again, you know, because mm -hmm. I'd only seen it once in theater. And all of a sudden, there's George Hamilton as the as the the Robert Duvall fill in. So you you watched the new version though. Yeah yeah, 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 exactly. Okay, yeah, because okay. I, yeah, and so, but anyway, but George Hamilton, I remember him. Was he in Love at First Bite? Is the world's right? the world's only tanned vampire. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. So yeah, it doesn't surprise me. You know, and there's something about there. Well, it's an interesting thing. There's something about watching this film because I haven't seen it since 1985. Okay. So I watched it for the podcast, and uh, one of the things that 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 struck me is. This particular cast in this particular film, and you are too young to have probably watched a lot of this, but do you remember The Love Boat? 
Yeah, oh yeah. I saw yeah, a ton of reruns of those. Three's company. Okay. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. You there know, was like a block of those. It, yeah. Yeah, because the whole the whole conceit of the love boat was it was uh you know, it was like here's this regular cast. Right. And then what we're gonna do is we're gonna get guest stars from you know, like Charo and Bert Convy, <laughs> right? You know, right, and that right. kind of shit. And right. there is definitely maybe I, I imagine in 1985 it didn't feel that way, but when I watched it the other night, there was definitely a oh look at the stars from yesteryear, you know, all gathered together on the boat, you there, know. And I thought, yeah. okay, that's that's very funny to me. Yeah, there was a little feel of that to this movie for sure. But kind of like you said, with um, Tim Curry kind of being the third. The third guy in line to get uh, Wadsworth. Um, pretty much everybody else in this movie was a first choice, which was a, also oh, yeah. all shock yeah. to me when I was uh, doing the research, except for um, Leslie and Warren. Right? Did you did you read about that? Where? Um, yeah, yeah. Car- Carrie Fisher was uh, she was signed up. She was ready to go. She was down to do it, but she had a major coke habit. And yeah, was she was going. She was going to rehab. rehab. Yeah, right. And she had actually worked it out with rehab and the producers to do the movie during the day and then go to rehab at night. But of course, the uh, uh, insurance company was like, "Yeah, that's not going to fly. We're not going to. We're and, not going to do that. No, not at all." And if you recall, <laughs> if you recall, postcards from the edge. Oh yeah, Gary Fisher. Love that movie. Is, uh, they 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 refer. They don't they don't mention Clue by name. But okay, that, but there is there is a there is a moment in that movie where she's having to, in that story where she's having to deal with a movie that that won't have her because oh, wow. the insurance okay. won't pay, and that and that's exact. If you read if you read the memoir, you know that that movie was Clue. Oh wow! So wow, yeah, yeah. I've seen yeah. I've seen the movie, but not with this knowledge that she had to yeah with the drop out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, that's amazing. Um, but yeah, it's just you know it's 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 just it's. It, hmm. There are a lot of these kind of murder mystery movies. I mean, you know, you could talk about uh, Murder on the Orient Express and and a lot of the Agatha Christie stuff from back in the day. I like this movie so much because it 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 has all of those elements, but then it also has this this farcical take on all of that, and I like that. And and uh, prior to this movie, because you know, I grew up watching movies with my mom and my dad, and you know, prior to watching this movie, a, a big flick in my life was uh, the Neil Simon movie *Murder by Death*. Okay, yeah. Have, have you seen that one with? Uh, oh yeah. Peter Falk and and David Niven and they're all doing this this uh, uh, kind of take on a very specific uh, detectives and things. Uh, uh, Peter Falk plays. Uh, I think Sam Spade in the movie, yeah. or Sam Sam Diamond. Yeah. He plays Sam, Sam Diamond, Diamond in the movie, but, which is but a Sam, take Sam on Sam Diamond Spade. Sam right? Spade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, and it's an in, it's an interesting thing that you mentioned that because I hadn't thought about in, in this context, murder by death. But one of the things that I was thinking, and it's interesting, because this is absolutely a, a a big difference between the two of us and our tastes, is that um, there are few things. I hate more than farce. Oh wow, really? Um, and yeah, I, I really, I really hate farce. I hate it. Um, I've always hated it. I've, I hated Noises Off. I, you know, I, I'm not a big farce guy. However, in in watching this, it, you know, knowing that we were going to have this conversation, I was thinking, okay, so 
wait a minute. I and I do. I really don't like people screaming for comedy. The, the you know. I mean. I mean. I counted in this film in mm-hmm. the most recent viewing nine times. They play the same joke where two people try to fit through a small space like a doorway. Nine sure. times they play the same joke. So yeah. there's a, there's a limited bandwidth of jokes. But I also realized I love Blazing Saddles. Right. I love Young Frankenstein. And I right. went, so what's the difference? And as I and I started, I actually did a little bit of reading, and I thought I was like, okay, those aren't farces; those are parodies. Right. And one of the things about the Mel Brooks parodies is that while they have elements of farce in them, the characters are extremely aware of what they're parodying. Mm-hmm. And you, and do you not you know, think, like, like do you not think that's the case here? Well, the, the you know because it goes to a couple of things uh, because I think Murder by Death is a parody. Oh yeah, know? and, and yeah. yeah, you know what I mean. It's not necessarily a farce. It's got farcical elements to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I and I, I guess the thing you know and you know that's the thing is I think about this movie and the difficulty that I have with it. I mean, I've got a lot. You know, it's 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 uh, all the performances probably individually um, are fine. I really, I really don't like the writing. Wow. Um, and, and a lot of it, well, I mean, and it's not that it's not, the thing is, and that's what I guess, it, the thing is, this is really just a taste thing because mm. it's not that it's poorly written. It's just the jokes. I don't, just so you know, and Joe and I've had this fight. I, I don't like not a single, there's not a single Marx Brothers moment that exists that it doesn't make me want to punch a child in the throat. <laughs> I, I, you know, I don't find, you know, I mean, I can take, I can take Abbott and Costello for about five minutes. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. And then I, okay. I got to go okay. fucking kick a puppy, you yeah. know? I mean, yeah. it's just yeah. that kind of, <laughs> uh, that kind of Borscht Belt shtick just does not make me laugh. Okay. And and my problem with a movie like this is it's trying so hard to make me laugh mm-hmm. that that just annoys me. Don't wow. try that hard. Just make me laugh. Don't try so hard to make me laugh. And it really is. When it gets to the point, I'll tell you, and, I'm, and then I'm going to let you <laughs> defend yourself. <laughs> yeah. um, there was a guy named, and you know, and there was a day, there was a time, and you knew me then, where, uh, you know, I, I'm starting as I'm getting older, I'm realizing what a fucking asshole I used to be and part of that was and I and I, in, again in in relationship to this uh conversation I realized uh, I remember a guy named Tucker Tucker Curtis okay and Tucker Curtis was an actor who worked in WNP theater worked with the prop theater too lovely guy I mean like just a big bear of a just funny sweet great actor calls me up he says yeah prop theater we're doing this uh we're we're yeah, it's opening night and I want to give you a ticket if you want to come see the show and I said it's a farce isn't it and he said well yeah and I said yeah I hate farces I don't like it mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not gonna like I mean even if you're great in it I'm probably not gonna like the show because I don't like farce. I don't like people running around screaming really loud as if that's going to make me laugh and and then running and panicking and then running into each other and falling down. None of this plays for me. It just mm-hmm. makes me feel the only time I ever see that kind of behavior where it works is in Bugs Bunny cartoons. Those are funny to me, you know, but there's an absurdist quality that works. And, it, and so anyway, Again, I guess maybe there was a period in the 90s where just being a blunt, abrasive, arrogant asshole with my opinion about art was like my branding. And Mm -hmm. so 
I go see a show. It's opening night, right? I hate, like, from the first minute to the last minute, I hated every ounce of it. Recognizing that he invited me, he gave me a free ticket, he is my friend. Afterwards, hanging out on the street on Elston, he comes out, he's out of makeup, he's like, so, do you like farce now? No. And instead of of just being... (laughs) <laughs> like a decent person. Right. I went on like a 15 minute rant with everything I hated about the show he had just done, which was just shitty and mean. And I, and I guess in my mind, I thought, well, this is sort of like, I should say this cause I'm an artist, but what a dick. And so I'll be honest with you in this conversation, you pick this movie. Mm. I don't like this movie, but I'm oh, not wow. going to shit on it. You know, wow. it's like, I don't want to be a dick. I want you to tell me why you like the movie sure. and convince me it's worth my time because I really wow. don't like this movie. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I don't know if I can convince you that it's worth your time. Yeah, I mean, but, I, I, part of I want to. Again, I, I, yeah. I, well, I mean, you bring up Bugs Bunny, right? You bring up the, the farce, but like it plays, you know, look, another, another, uh, uh, great warm blanket for me is, uh, Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. See, there you go. Right. I, you, these, you couldn't these, pay me money to watch that. These movies, these movies to me were kind of my intro to. It was like a soft opening to horror films. Fair, right? Yeah, that's fair. So it gets you in the mood. It gets you in this mystery. Like someone has been murdered. Though, like, would it, whoa, what's gonna happen? I've got. There is also this. Uh, kind of nostalgia because look is it as well written as some of the Howard Hawks films no it's it's not but I think it does an admirable admirable job of of replicating some of that rapid fire back and forth witty dialogue I I really do there is nobody else in this house no then there is someone else in this house no sorry I said no meaning yes no meaning yes Look, I want a straight answer. Is there someone else or isn't there yes or no? Um, no. No, there is or no, there isn't. Yes. Please! Don't you think we should get that man out of the house before he finds out what's been going on here? Yeah. How can we throw him outside in this weather? If we let him stay in the house, he may get suspicious. If we throw him out, he may get even more suspicious. If I were him, I'd be suspicious already. Oh, who cares? That guy doesn't matter. Let him stay locked up for another half an hour. The police will be here by then, and there are two dead bodies in the study. Shh. Well, there is still some confusion as to whether or not there's anybody else in this house. I told you there isn't. There isn't any confusion, or there isn't anybody else? Either. Or both. Just give me a clear answer. Certainly. What was the question? Is there anybody else in the house? No! Is it as smart? You know, I don't know. Again, everything is, is, is left up to taste. You know, I, I just watched um, it happened on Fifth Avenue the other night, which apparently Frank, Frank Capra was uh, lined up to do and then dropped out of. And then, you know, other people took it over and the movie still got made. Um, it's nowhere near as witty as all of the other Frank, Frank Capra movies, you know, yeah, and, yeah, and, and there's a reason there's a reason why Capra wasn't involved. OK, but it does an admirable job of trying to replicate what that would have been, you know, Um is this as witty as something like The Thin Man? Maybe, maybe not. I just watched The Thin Man the other night. It's not that great. It's fun. No, it's, it's really not. It's a good time, but like, it's not that great. So 
you know, I, I think this movie maybe you know, in terms of your 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 kind of opinion about um, it, 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 it tries too hard. Does it lay on too much of that witty banter back and forth? Uh, the, the the too many like kind of like one two uh, you know the the comedy setup the boom 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 you know yeah um does it do that too often maybe you know but for like ten year old me twelve year old me and then exactly. like rewatching it over and over and over like and enjoying what it was to to see this movie for the first time. I, I, you know, for me, it works. Like, I, I again, See, like, I, I can't. I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah like, I, I can't. appreciate that. I can't convince, and, you know, one of the things I was reading when I was doing some research was, like, there was an article, and maybe you came across it as well, but there was an article uh, where, where the writer said, you know, I encountered two different kind of people when I mentioned this movie at a party. One person, or, or, or one group of people will just start spouting lines back and forth. Right, they love it. The other they group of pe- the other group of people will look at you and be like, "You like that movie?" So clearly, you 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 land in that second camp, which you know. The thing is, I yeah. let me give me because I don't want to get. I don't land in the camp where I look, and I, that's one of the things I think the spirit of, and and we've talked about this off mic, but I think it's 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 uh, worthy to at least mention on the podcast. Mm-hmm. It's called "I Like to Watch." In part because I've been writing a column for the last three years for literateape.com called right. I Like to Watch. Right. And if you read those, the whole point of that was I didn't want to write a review column because mm-hmm. there's a fucking billion of those. Yeah. So what I did was I would pick something that either I liked or didn't like. And, and there's it goes either way. But the first, almost the first two-thirds of every column that I write is about my personal reaction to the movie from my life. It's not about, you know, in fact, that's one of the jokes. Uh, early on, I did Pet Cemetery, the remake, the mm. revamp of Pet Cemetery, mm-hmm. And I wrote about it. And, and in it, I wrote about my deep love for Stephen King and growing up with Stephen King as, a, as a, a, almost a constant companion, all this kind of stuff. And Joe read the, read the column and he calls me and he says, yeah, I can't tell. Did you like the movie or not? <laughs> and that's again, that is sort of beside the point because I, you know, I did and I, you know, I added a line. But uh, that's the thing. I'm not judging you. I'm not. I really am not of the. Oh, so you're you like that movie? Oh yeah. What no, I'm no. curious. What I'm curious about and what I think is valuable is especially along our road in the journey of this podcast, we're gonna pick movies that make no sense to the other. And part of the journey is finding out why, because you respect my opinion about film and I respect your opinion about film. So when we throw out something that is like, the fuck are you thinking? Right. It's not really what the fuck are you thinking? It's, I don't get it. So what is it is for you? And like when you call it a warm blanket. Oh, yeah. And when you describe watching it over and over and on HBO as a kid, I, 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 I have to say that it makes me appreciate the film more because of that rather than my own personal opinion of it. Well, and then on top of the kind of warm blanket thing, like as I've gotten older, and again, this is this is, this is is almost, I mean, this is kind of pre-research uh, for the podcast, but like, you know, um, doing the research kind of solidified a lot of this stuff. Like, you know, the, the people involved with it, I mean, John Landis, 
Yeah, John right? Landis was the one that came. Wasn't he the one that came up with the Deborah, the, the triple endings? Well, yeah, yeah. Well, he wanted four endings, right? I don't know. Yeah, if he, well, he the fourth that, right? They, so, yeah, they actually filmed the fourth one where Wadsworth killed all of them with champagne and right. they cut it out because it didn't really. Jonathan Lyne was like, "Yeah, fuck this." It was like it didn't really work, which is funny because I don't know if any of the three endings really work, but I don't think any of the endings work. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that, but the you Howard have Cashman coming in as the Jesus guy. It's like what the oh, hell? Did no, but. I, it's, it's like, hilarious. So, yeah. so you have right. so you have Deborah Hill, who uh, yeah. was the one who uh, she's a producer. Uh, she has since passed away from cancer. Uh, rest in peace. But you know, I mean, Deborah Hill. I first came across because I'm a I'm a giant, and we will cover this movie at some point. I'm a giant John Carpenter's Halloween fan. Just oh, with no question, Halloween no is question. like the 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 quintessential slasher movie from like it's just every year i watch the movie like whatever all right but so that's how i got introduced to deborah hill then deborah hill subsequently produced a shit ton of john carpenter films right like halloween 3 the fog escape from new york escape from la uh etc etc trouble in little fucking china right right? but then she goes on through the 80s it's like adventures in babysitting heartbreak hotel Mm -hmm. the fisher king yeah, I know. Okay, I know, so like, I know who she is. Deborah Hill's amazing. She was the one that ended up getting the rights to turn the board game into a movie. So like, I don't even know back in the eighties like to have that kind of foresight to just be like, we have because this is pre- look, this is pre Marvel, this is pre DC, this is pre all of that IP shit. Oh yeah, right. So to look at something as IP, intellectual property, right, and say. We have the rights to do this. I want to turn this into a movie. Like, that's amazing. Obviously, novels have been turned into movies for fucking ages. Yeah. But but a board game? I mean, this is literally the first time it happened. So to have that kind of foresight is 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 just outstanding to me. Um, and then, yeah, to bring in someone like, like John Landis, who, I mean, Jesus Christ, the dude was hot at the time, right? Like, he oh, was yeah. just In 85, he was right... Dude. He was right. Was that before or after Twilight Zone? Because I think uh, after. after it was after yeah. Twilight Zone. He was, yeah, he was kind of in a in an, an apology mode. He was he but, was kind of he was kind of per, he was kind of persona non grata for a little bit. I mean, you for know, a little while. Yeah, uh, yeah. He had a rough go there, and I'm glad he came out of it. But um, for those for those listening, uh, he directed uh, the Twilight Zone, the movie, and in the movie, Vic Morrow, who was a, a venerated. Uh, character actor of the day and from earlier uh was he and a child were two, killed two, in a helicopter accident two, two children two young children yeah in a in, in, in a helicopter accident uh kind of on set I mean, well you're kind of looking at like the, with the whole thing with alec baldwin and rust it's like this really bad mistake and people died yeah and 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 it you know and so yeah john landis was sort of uh and he had to go to trial for that oh yeah it took him to trial over yeah it, so. and and many 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 of the people he worked with i mean i, I think eddie murphy like a lot of people that he had previously worked with just uh, just abandoned him Frankly, oh yeah, they just you know? walked away from it. Yeah, yeah, just wanted nothing to do with him. So, although know. then, although then, uh, after Eddie Murphy uh, brought him on for coming to America, which I'm sure they, we'll cover at some point, but then yeah, that, they hated that was each a other. Yeah, very they, troubled. They, they actually got to a yeah, they actually oh, yeah. got to a fist fight. Oh yeah, production. So anyway, yeah. anyway, all right. Yeah. So so you got Deborah Hill, you got John Landis, you got John Landis, and then you got fucking all right. So <laughs> then we can go into the weirdo people like uh, John Peters. Yep. Right. Shampoo. Right. Like we can go into weirdo John Peters 
And then Peter Goober, who, you know, I mean, he's a pretty outstanding executive producer if you look at his track record, but like he's clearly more of a businessman. Like he yeah, has he's he a has, money guy. He he's a money guy. Yeah. He's got money, yeah. he's got money in several sports franchises and like movies were just kind of a fun way, I think, for him to kick around money. Like, you know, I don't know. But he's done a lot of solid work in his career. I just IMDb the guy, I don't want to go through all of his credits. Yeah, he like, rocks. Yeah. He does. Know, he's done a good job. Well, he actually got, he actually he's used got to some that you kind of go, What? Yeah. He produced that movie, and then some you go, What? Yeah. Oh, that's a really good movie too. So I mean, it's like, like yeah. I, I, fucking flash dance? Like you're like really? Yeah. Okay. Whatever. Yeah. But um you know, he actually used to, the way I got introduced to that guy was through, um, he used to co-host a show on AMC called uh, Sunday Morning Shootout. Did you ever see it? No, no, never even heard of it. So it was on AMC, it was a, it was a, a, a TV show called Sunday Morning Shootout, and it was him and, I'm, I'm pulling it up right now, it was on a, uh, AMC, not TCM, sorry. It was him and Peter Bart. I don't know if you know who Peter Bart is. Yeah, yeah, yeah right from the, the you know the uh, Paramount and 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 mm-hmm. working with uh, Robert Evans and The Godfather and Harold and Maude and yeah. and all that shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I got introduced to to those guys by it was a weird kind of confluence of events, right? Because like I remember I was doing a um, a fellowship at Steppenwolf. And I was just, I was working backstage on a, a, one of their shows and I was sitting downstairs in an intermission and laying on a coffee table in their little uh, actor lobby area, green room area, was a, a book called Sunday Morning, uh, excuse me, a book called uh, Easy, Easy Riders Raging Bulls. Oh by, yeah, by I've read that book. Peter Biskin. It's a great book. Right? Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, it's book. a great book. And in that book, they talk about Peter Bart. They talk about okay, Robert yeah, Evans. Yeah. They talk about all of that, you know, uh, 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 changeover uh, from the old Hollywood to the quote unquote new Hollywood of the 70s. And that's how I got introduced to Peter Bart was through there. And then so a couple of years later, he has this TV show with Peter John, with uh, uh, Peter Goober. And uh, you know what I mean? Like John it Gruber. just what? Peter Goober. Is it John Gruber? No, it's Peter, Peter Gruber. Okay. Peter Gruber. Yeah. Anyway, okay. um, so it's just it's just it's just how all of these things kind of bleed together over time, right? Mm-hmm. And so yeah. you start you start putting these pieces together where it's like I'd already seen Clue a million times, right? But I had no idea. Like, oh, De- oh, it's Deborah. Oh, it's Deborah Hill. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's Halloween. De- oh, oh, it's Peter Gruber from the from the show and the Batman and uh, oh, oh, oh. So it's just like. It, it's kind of like this puzzle piece thing of like putting it all together and seeing like how these careers are made, you know, and just just having seen Madeline Kahn in in Young Frankenstein or Blazing Saddles like a million times or, or, or History of the World, all the Mel Brooks, right? Yeah. Like a million times before I even saw Clue. So or, or, or Spinal Tap, seeing Michael McKean. Yeah. And, and, and uh, I, I think I saw Martin Mull, frankly, on on. One of those HBO, I, they used to do a, it was some kind of Canadian comedy. Fern, it, Fernwood Tonight. Well, yes, and he was also in Strange Brew, wasn't he? With with those guys, uh, the SCTV bit, guys? He had a bit part, yeah, he had a bit part with those right. guys, I think. So, so one, yeah. like I'd seen him around. He was around. Kind of part of that SC. he wasn't in SCTV. No, 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 no but he was he part was, of that crew. He, right, right. Yeah, he was part of that crowd, yeah. Right, but I remember seeing him do like a stand-up special as part of some... HBO Canadian comedy 
fucking series thing. I don't even remember what it was called. But like all of these people, I mean, um, 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 Christopher Lloyd, I'd seen on Taxi for years. And, you know, yeah. Clue is before he did Doc Brown and blew the yeah. fuck up with Back to the Future, right? So like I had seen all of these people. Um, um, uh, Leslie Ann Warren, I had already seen in Victor Victoria. Yeah, you know, exactly. She's before I saw this. She's great. You know, she was yeah. nominated for an Academy Award for that movie. Like, uh-huh. you know, so I'd already seen all of these people. So like this to me is one of those kind of like it's 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 this it's like a confluence of 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 artistry where all of these people are coming together from all of these other things that I've seen and appreciated and then they create this thing and it's not because of it's not because I appreciate all of their other work that I really love this movie, but it doesn't hurt, you know? And it, it's all of it's, them bringing all of that other work to this work that really makes it work for me on screen. I just, that, that's what's where I'm really interesting. From. Yeah, what's really interesting, and I, and I think it's just, uh, it bodes well for the, for the future of this podcast, is, is what I really, what's really interesting about these conversations is what I'm discovering about you is your appreciation for the films you choose um, are as much about your uh, career choice and your placement within that career choice and how you perceive your own career and how you see careers in film. I mean, the way you just described it is, it's to me, it's, it's, it's like saying, hey, let's take a look at this painting. And me saying, well... Um, I like it. It works. This works for me that, you know, this is, this is what it makes me think of. And then you're the painter, you're an actual painter and you are in the industry of painting. And then you point out, yes, but did you notice that this is influenced by this other painter and this color of paint was invented by this other painter. And it's like, and you find an appreciation in a craft way yeah. that because, because I'm not in the industry and uh, you know, I mean, I did theater, like I said, theater, but theater and film are so fucking different. They're, oh, yeah. they're, they're in my opinion, just miles and miles and miles apart. Yeah. But you are a film actor um, and will be, will be soon a film director. I, I absolutely have that, that, that gut and you know, you're, you are in that industry. So you find, you find those connections and you find a great appreciation for that because of that. Well, um, well and it's fun too. I mean, like, yeah. I, you know, and look, I've, I'm, I'm spitballing here, but, I, you know, I've watched a lot of documentaries and you hear these kind of things of like, well, you know, certain people create certain kind of canvases and then certain artists use those canvases and the way they were weaved together and it, it just... It, 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 it creates something different than if you just bought a canvas from fucking Glick art store. You know what I mean? Like it's, yeah, yeah to, to have, to have real artists and, and, you know, it's taken me a lot of years to kind of come around on this, but, you know, I do believe that there are money people. I do believe that there are studio executives, quote unquote, they're far and few between now, but I do believe in a lot of these movies that we're we're going to be talking about from from a couple decades ago, and I'm sure we're going to talk about some modern movies too along the way. But I do believe that there are people that still actually love and care about making movies more than they care about commerce and 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 capitalism, right? 
I, it is called movie. It is called the movie business. So I have yeah. I have and no I mean, illusions about that. Like going back, going back to Clue, I would, and I don't know if how you know. I was like, I would make the argument <laughs> that. Uh, Given and 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 I'm going. I'm sure you're going. You know, when we're talking about the movies that uh, inf- were influenced by Clue, hmm. we're probably going to go in very in vastly different directions. But, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, we'll um, see. <laughs> but but my but but the thing about it is that you make that comment about people that just love to make movies uh, and and are not as impressed. My my argument would be, if you were that fascinated by just making a movie. That was a parody or a farce of murder, murder, murder mysteries. mysteries. Yeah. Why would you? Why would you need to adhere so closely to what I see in this script mm-hmm. as the goddamn anchor that keeps it from floating? Which is, we have to follow the. That's we 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 we, we both agree. The three endings kind of suck. And ah. the thing about it is, the yeah. adherence to the adherence to the game board. Mm-hmm. Is so. I mean, it, it, that's what I saw when I watched it this time. Okay. Was because I I played the game when I was a kid, but not oh, yeah. like it. I, I fucking I, I hate know. the fucking game. I hate. Yeah, the game. yeah. I wasn't. I, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't like it. I lose but, every like, single fucking time. There you I go. Hate the yeah. game. Go ahead. So, but but the thing is, they're <laughs> so tied. They're so tied to the elements of the game that. When you look at this movie as just just as a murder mystery, like mm-hmm. I mean, if you were to say, because I I would argue, I would make the argument that if you're going to do a good parody of anything, for it to really work, you have to really nail it. In fact, you have to for a parody to really work, you have to almost be more accurate than the existing movies. And the problem with the endings of these mm-hmm. is the same problem as the movie itself is that they're bad it's a bad murder mystery. It makes well, no it, sense and and it, and I think it makes no sense because they're so tied to elements of the game that they kind of had well let's well let's 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 just call those out for for folks that maybe haven't seen the movie or have never played the game which is weird because it's been around for a lot of a lot of decades Um, oh so okay so dude dude i just saw a tweet where somebody said hey dude oh my god the guy that directed west side story did you know he directed jaws oh jesus christ okay yeah trust me there are people that have not seen this movie i'm not gonna and i'm not gonna shit on those people because no probably 13 and i it's i was there There at one point so it's okay or no maybe they're 25 Uh, and Um, they well if you're 25 and you tweeted that then you you fucking suck anyway so (laughs) so sorry yeah the the elements of the game that needed to be adhered to are color based character names Mr. Green, Professor Plum, Colonel Mustard, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. There is a murder that happens in the game that we are tasked with solving. Okay. And then there are murder weapons, the lead pipe, candlestick, dagger, rope, blah, blah, blah. There is a multi-roomed mansion, the study, the ballroom, the kitchen, the library, etc. There are I'm not sure I haven't looked at the board game, but I believe there are at least four secret passages that lead you from one room to another room on the board game. Okay. So I think, I th- unlike you, I think those are kind of like, I think those are cool things to have. Like if I'm tasked with writing something, right? Instead of looking at a blank page, I now have at least a couple elements 
that I need to adhere to in order to write the story. Okay? Exactly. But, like you say, and, uh, you know, Jonathan Lynn, um, you know, several people, um, uh, 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 Landis, I believe, I believe it was Landis that reached out to Tom Stoppard, playwright Tom Stoppard. Did you see this? Oh, yeah. He reached out to a a number of people. Yeah. Tom Stoppard. Fuck off. uh, Tom Stoppard worked on it for a year and ended up writing a letter saying, I give up and then sent a check for the money that he was paid because he couldn't do it. Right. Here's so, look, here's here's the challenge that and, and here's the challenge that he had to deal with, and I think they failed. I mean, mm-hmm. ultimately, I think they failed when it comes to a murder mystery. Is if I'm Agatha Christie, and I'm not, but if I'm Agatha Christie and I'm writing a murder mystery, I have to know who the murderer is from the first page, so that it makes fucking sense, so that there is right. some sort of sense. But because they committed to having multiple endings, just like That's the game, the, right. you can't do that. And so with the devices that does not work on any level when it comes to actually making sense is when we get to the point where the where we're going to find out the solution, all of a sudden the butler, who has been as much a suspect as everybody else, has not been omniscient, has not seen all these things, goes, and I think Tim Curry is brilliant. Oh, yeah. Because his, because it is, it's a monologue, and it's a running back and forth monologue, and it's really, yeah. it's well done. Yeah. But as, in terms of solving a crime, in terms of like, here's a murder mystery we've solved, it makes absolutely no fucking sense whatsoever and it's obvious that it makes no sense well, because they were tied so hard to making it like the game right okay so so watching it as an adult who has not seen it for 20 30 some fucking years like i i totally understand where you're coming from i think yeah. i think part of the enjoyment for me is that it doesn't make any fucking sense but they're still having a goddamn blast of doing it you know, like all of that dialogue, all of that back and forth. It's so, let us in, let us in, let us out, let us out. Like it just, all of that is so fucking fun to me. And I know, I, I, dude, I hear, I hear you, I hear you. And I know you don't, you're not down with it. But like, there's something about it that is just so fucking fun to just, it's like, ah, oh, that's fun. You know, my friend, my friend Corinne, um, I've known for just over 25 years. She has probably seen this movie a million times because we, I, I've known her since high school. We went to college together. This movie was just kind of on all the time. And she will literally say to me, you know, I've seen that movie a million times and I have no idea what happens in it. Nobody does. <laughs> right. And I think that's part of the fun of the movie. I think that's part of the fun of the farce of the movie. Now, again, not everyone's going to be down with that. And that's, I, you know, I totally get it. And that's Yeah, cool, that's your but... thing. It's your, it's your, dude, it's your blue blanket. You yeah. like it. It's your fall. It's, it, I totally get that. And yeah, no, I just, it's just, because there's some, well, yeah, yeah. All right. So let's, I, let's agree to disagree, but I love that you love it for the reasons you do and that you appreciate I... that I don't for the reasons that I do not. And, uh. I've also gotten to meet two cast members of this movie. Who, who have you Later met? in life. Um, I did a play a couple years ago at the LA LGBT Center called Hit the Wall. And um, uh, there were two musical artists that created some original music for the piece. Um, Anna Waronker from uh, a band called That Dog. And Charlotte Caffey of the Go-Go's. 
And on, I, I don't know if it was opening night, but it was it was one of the first nights of the play opening, um, Charlotte brought a bunch of Go-Go's with her. And Jane Weedlin was there. Oh, yeah. And she's Jane the, is she's the, 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 the she's fucking the singing telegram girl. Singing telegram girl. Yeah. 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 That's and then, so fucking funny. I and then like, I, 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 yeah. And then like a month or so later, um, the producer at the LGBT Center, uh, uh, John Imperato, um, he knew I was a huge fan of this movie. And he's like, I, I have someone for you to meet. And he is good friends with Leslie Ann Warren. And I was there like, you go. I love holy shit. And I gave her a big hug, and that was amazing. So, yeah. That's pretty so, cool. So, yeah, that was fucking cool. So just like uh, this movie, again, this movie for me has just been like an ongoing thing since, I mean... Again, not eighty five, um, but probably ninety. Whenever, yeah, whenever yeah. it showed up on HBO and then VHS, you know, like that. That's just been there forever. And I do, I agree. I think the, I think the mandate of different endings fucked this movie. It certainly did uh, in the box office. I think that's why. Yeah, it killed. It it, it died on the box office. It became yeah. a cult hit, and that's. Cool. I, I think that's why it found a new life on VHS and and. DVD because yeah. you get to see all of the endings. Speaking of which, how can you have only one ending that has Madeline Kahn doing the flames? The flame. How can you, you have? Know, you cannot. And, how? You know, the thing is, what I think is so funny Ugh. about that is <laughs> I I remember I remembered before I watched it again. I remembered, uh, like reading sometime in the 90s that she improvised that monologue yeah oh yeah and so yeah, in yeah, my yeah. mind and yeah. i was like oh okay so i'm looking for this while i'm watching this will be a great moment and it's what is it 20 seconds oh i didn't say yeah it's not it's not I mean, long. but that's what well that's what i you know, it's like i'm thinking it's a monologue oh yeah no no no, 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 even, no no she doesn't even actually say real sentences it's no just no this, it's just a stream of consciousness it's, it's and, and very funny yes well in some of the research and, and i was honestly, reading Go ahead, go ahead. That made me laugh. Yeah. That well, made me laugh. And some of the research I was reading, like some of those takes when they cut to the other actors, they were literally standing on set like, what the fuck is she talking about right now? Like, what? Huh? So the, the, if there'd the, been more of that, <laughs> if there'd been more of that, I probably, I might have enjoyed it more if there'd been more complete just absurdity. Improv. Yeah. And, and not so much just everybody screaming. And then, and then, like that's play. like that's the, fair. Like I the, mean, especially when you have great improvisers like Madeline Kahn, like Michael McKean. Yeah, you know, yeah, I, I'm sure, to... I'm sure Tim Curry could have, could I, you know, I don't know what his improv experience is, but I'm sure he could have kept up. Like, you know what I mean? You have two, yeah. two yeah. amazing improvisers there. Like, you know, I, I yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, because I mean, it's like the stuff even because Martin Mull was an improviser, but the yeah, stuff yeah, like, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Like the whole, the whole, uh, like, cause I, I, I get the, it doesn't make me laugh, but I appreciate, I appreciate the conceit of things like, like the, uh, uh, the one, two, the one, two times, two times bullet, one, the whole one, bullet thing. What? One plus two plus two plus one. I'm afraid your moment has come. Not so fast, Miss Scarlet. I do have a secret or two. Oh yeah, such as? The game's up, Scarlet. There are no more bullets left in that gun. Oh, come on. You don't think I'm going to fall for that old trick. It's not a trick. There was one shot at Mr. Body in the study, two for the chandelier, two at the lounge door, and one for the singing telegram. That's not six. One plus two plus two plus one. Uh-uh. 
There was only one shot that got the chandelier. That's one plus two plus one plus one. Even if you were right, that would be one plus one plus two plus one, not one plus two plus one plus one. Okay, fine. One plus two plus one. Shut up! The point is, there's one bullet left in this gun, and guess who's gonna get it? Oh! Ah! I'm only a guest. Where's the chief? Ah, Wadsworth. Well done. I did warn you, my dear. Mr. Hoover is an expert on Armageddon. Wadsworth, don't hate me for trying to shoot you. Frankly, Scarlett, I don't give a damn. As I was trying to tell you, there are no bullets left in this gun, you see? And I get yeah. that, and that's and, and I and I and I understand sort of intellectually why that's funny. It doesn't mm -hmm. make me laugh, but I, but unlock that, the door. I can't on, unlock the door without the that, key. Forget about the key. Unlock the door. That like, bit, but that bit goes on a good thirty seconds longer than its shelf life. That's fair. Years. Look, the whole the whole dog shit scraping off the shoe that's thing at the beginning of the, it goes on for it goes on for forever. too long. But again, a ten year old me. 12-year-old me, go. like, that's my intro. That's, the that's my intro into this shit. I'm like, oh, they all stepped in dog shit. I remember the dogs. They were eating the meat out front. That's hilarious. You know, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I don't know. It's fun. It's fun. You know, movie, movies that, that, that this kind of remind me, I mean, you know, In Bruges, The Thin Man, Murder by Death, yeah. Some Like It Hot, Double Indemnity, His Girl Friday. Um, you know, the director has screened His Girl Friday, uh, the Howard Hawks film. Uh, for the cast uh, prior to filming because he wanted the rapid-fire kind of dialogue, the back and forth, you know? So, you know, Gentlemen Prefer Blondes, that's another one with the, the kind of witty quips back and forth. I mean... Yeah, but these are great scripts. They are. They are. These are like, these are like I, fucking first-class fucking Will, Willy Wilder, Willy well, Wilder. These are, these are fucking scripts. That's, that's fair. I would challenge you to tell me in 1985... Who was trying to write any movies like this anymore? Which is partly why I, I, I like this movie. At least they were trying. You look for the person who will benefit and, uh, uh, you know... Uh, I am the walrus. You know, you'll... Uh, uh, you know what I'm trying to say. I am the walrus. That's... Uh, Fucking bitch. Oh, yeah. I am the walrus. That's ex Shut the fuck up, Donnie. V.I. Lennon. Vladimir Ilyich Ulyanov. So we each get two movies we think were inspired by 1985's Clue. Sure. I will let you have the last word, so I will go first. My, the direction I went was movies that used games as intellectual property as a start-off. So okay. my first one, because... And I think one of, of my two derivatives, one of them is not successful, in my opinion, even though it's really fun. Okay. Um, because the game doesn't have a story you can follow, so they had mm. to take the pieces, just like in Clue, mm -hmm. take the pieces of the game and try to construct a story that we're going to sit through. I know where you're going. And then the second... Then the second one actually does have a story. Yeah. And I think I think because of that it's successful. So the first okay. one I'm gonna say, the first one yeah. is two thousand and twelve's Peter Berg directed yeah. it. Yeah. Liam Neeson <laughs> Battleship. Liam Neeson is in that movie? 
Yeah, he's the dad. I know Rihanna's in that movie, but Liam Neeson yeah, is in yeah, that Rihanna. movie. Oh my he's god, the, he's the he's the fucking it's... admiral or whatever. The guy in tra- <laughs> and it's like it's like and it's Peter Berg and I like Peter Berg. I like I, I dig ad- I dig Peter Berg. Yeah, all right. Yeah, all right. I love all right. Peter Berg. All right, yeah. but it is it is a <laughs> terrible movie. The thing is, if ne- I I, I want to say that if you'd never played the game of Battleship, if you did not have any idea what the game of Battleship was, yeah, that you might go, oh, it's a aliens <laughs> versus people in boats movie you're gonna and, be and it, you're gonna be really if you disappointed be, if you've never played the game and only watched the movie you're gonna be really disappointed if you go play the game well, oh yeah if you go play the game you're gonna go what the fuck is this shit but uh yeah i i i think uh, battleship oh. it's still kind of fun in that michael bay way wow. but it is it is not a successful Here's adaptation the thing. i mean and, and i guess board game and i get well and i guess that's that's the kind of like weird thing it's it's you know what? How does the game even go? Like a B twelve ah hit right? Like it's just yeah. Well, you have an armada. You have an armada. I have an armada. We and call we things back other. and forth until we sink we everybody's say, ships. Right? I'm shooting. Yeah, yeah I'm shooting a torpedo right. at this segment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did yeah. I hit you? It's like yeah. it's like go fish. It's Ugh. like go fish with torpedoes. Yeah, is what it is. Okay. The yeah. Movie. The movie does not <laughs> I the can't believe I cannot believe anyone made a fucking movie out of Battleship. <laughs> Dude, they made a movie out of Clue. I'm just saying. No, this is, but, this is but the kind of here's, well, here's the difference, right? And we, we talked about this. They didn't move. They made a movie Clue. out of the Pirates of Caribbean ride and but Jungle Cruise. No, I mean, come on. Well, again, there was different at least thing, but it's a similar. There was at least some semblance of a. <laughs> there was some semblance of character. There were some elements. There were some elements to include in a story. Battleship is just like. Battleship, like there's no, yeah, what, there what elements, elements do you there include? What, no, but the movie ships? does it. Where it, the <laughs> movie does it. If you remember the Battleship movie, they do the thing. Oh, I've never seen it. Literally, I've never seen oh, it. No, they, they do no. the thing. They do the thing. They have a Japanese no. sailor, like he's a he's a Japanese admiral, and he knows. And they because they can't detect. The, the 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 alien ships can't detect our ships because we unless we move unless we move and we can't detect theirs so they so literally they are doing an electronic version of of shoot shoot missiles to this quadrant and see if you hit them okay and then move okay. It is, it, they they play the fucking game just tell, me, just tell me this you know spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't seen it including me just tell me this. Please, please tell me someone says I sunk your battleship in the oh, movie. Yeah, of <laughs> yes, of course. I sank your battleship is a line in the oh, film. No. Of oh, course my God. it is. Oh, that was a mandate. You know that was a mandate. You know that was a oh, mandate. Oh, they had to. Oh, yeah. It's Hasbro. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's Hasbro. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So that was my... So that was, was my first influence. I don't know film. how we. I don't know how we taught. We should have maybe saved that for the end. I don't know how you taught that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, it's brilliant. Mine's boring. Uh, knives out. Knives out is a hundred percent. And I can see part that. of this. I can see that it's part of this genre. It's 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 not. I wouldn't say it's derivative in terms of like if Clue wasn't made, Knives Out never would have been made. Like that's not that that never that's not true. But like. 
you know, it's that's a fucking. You have this amazing tight, ensemble it is a tight, cast. Yes, a tight, tight, tight script. And to be uh, honest, one with you, location. I would agree with you on that. Daniel Craig is oh, is playing. The thing is, his character. Well, his character is so overblown and cartoonish, yeah. and I mean, right? Yeah. That 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 he would he would make playing that character a better Colonel Mustard than Martin Mull. Yeah, um, I would say he's he's I I you know I think he's he's hmm, on par or better than Tim Curry as kind of the person who guides us this this overblown character who guides us through the story right like yeah that's and kind of what that I was Knife, thinking. Let's hope that Knives Out two, which they're making right now, yeah yeah yeah, Ryan Wilson's making yeah. Uh, I, I, let's hope that's better than Clue two. Ryan Ryan Johnson. Ryan right Johnson. John. John. But yeah, yeah, let's yeah. hope it's better than Clue 2 was because I didn't like Clue and Clue 2, I don't think f- I watched more. Oh, what yeah, the there's, a, Clue a, there's, there's a straight to VHS, my friend. Shut up. I there was a Clue 2. Swear to God. Okay, yeah. I'm not looking it up now. I'll do it later. Clue 2? Yeah. Yeah. That's a horrible title, first of all. But uh, all no right. shit. Wow, Jesus Christ. I didn't even know that. I'm going to go throw up after we're done with this. Clue 2. I'm pretty sure, because I, I remember Oof. seeing it. I don't know if I looked it up, but I'll look it up later. But yeah, right. if I'm wrong, yeah. uh, so, I'll but, issue a correction. Yeah, but Knives Out, I mean, again, tight, tight, tightly written, you know, movie, uh, one location. Well, there's a couple of, they do open it up a little bit. A couple, but, 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 but. They do it well. An amazing ensemble of actors. I don't think oh, there's yeah. anybody in that movie that I was like, well, this person's a weak link. Like, I, everybody in that movie, I was actually blown away. I stayed away from that movie for a little bit, and then I saw that it was on the red box, and I was like, ah, you know, it's a fucking dollar. What am I going to do? You know, like, why not? You know, and uh, it's fucking great. It's great. I actually, I tried to watch it. it. Go ahead. Yeah, sorry. I saw, I saw it in the theaters, and I saw it in the theaters. It's funny that I made his, I messed his name up because Ryan Johnson, his first, his debut is Brick. Oh, fucking love Brick. Brick was, oh. I thought Brick was fucking brilliant. Outstanding so noir. That is, that is. I, I feel like he kind of fucked the Star Wars thing up, but I'm all right yeah. with it. I still enjoyed it. Um, we're gonna, we're no, gonna I get in, nice. we're gonna, we're gonna get into neo noir films at some point, and and yeah, I really like Brick. Like, is Brick is, is one movie. of them. Oh, yeah, so knives good. out. Yeah, knives out. Yeah, anyone who hasn't seen it, go check it out. Great film. Yeah, it. Yeah, my second one is a more success successful adaptation of <laughs> a game. Okay. Um, the reason for it is that the video game. Now, the movie did not. Ah, uh, wait. To, all right. Wait. Are you? You're gonna cheat. You're gonna cheat. No, it's a video game. It's a uh, game. It's not a board game. It's not a board game, but it is without okay. adapting board games. You couldn't okay. have video game That's movies. That's fair. All right. And and while they did not specifically write a story from the video game, the video game had a linear story to tell with yes. characters that were presented and lines yeah. Yeah, and yeah. dialogue. And uh, it was Paul W.S. Anderson's 2002 oh, yeah. Resident Evil. Yeah, you definitely need to distinguish him from P.T. Anderson. Who's yes, I far do. better filmmaker. But go ahead. Oh, and yeah. everything in every way. <laughs> yeah. However, yeah. I got to give him credit because if you go back and watch that first Resident Evil, I mean, it's gone now. It's gone to the spiral. Of I have it. Sequel after sequel, sequel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah, first yeah. one is actually oh, no. pretty compact. Yep. Creates the world that the yep. video game created. Yeah. The zombies and creatures are directly from the video game. Yeah. So if you were a player of the video game, and I was at the time, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. watched that movie. You very much felt like 
this was a very successful adaptation of this video game on cellular, on screen. What's, so. What was cool about it for me, like, it, you know, um, it didn't directly try to translate the video game. We already had no. we, we already had that storyline. Uh, those of us, uh, like you and I, who played through it, we already played that storyline, whatever. What was cool about that translation to a film was it 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 took the elements that needed that needed to be taken from the game to the film, but then did create its own storyline. That that I this appreciated whole mythology, that. Mythology, yeah. Yes, I thought he yes. did a really and nice Mila Jovovich very successful. Mila Jovovich is gorgeous, and it's I awesome. think she is a fucking badass motherfucking uh, movie action hero motherfucker, like. She is her. she is pre Angelina Jolie fucking badass motherfucker like love yeah. her love her she does a great job she yeah. does a great job she's even though phenomenal physically she's not big enough to do anything that she does in this movie no, that's that's hey, hey it's a fucking movie right like that's, exactly you know, come on there you go yeah no that's it love it no it's a great choice great choice yeah yeah I dig it um, my second one is going to be Ouija Origin of Evil. Uh, it's from 2016. It's directed by Mike Flanagan. Uh, it is I a, like Mike Flanagan. Oh, I might a, have to watch this because I've never it, even seen this. It movie. is a it is a prequel. I believe the original Ouija came out in 2014. Obviously, Ouija for those that don't know, uh, it, the fucking what is it? Milton Bradley or Hasbro came out with it's a Hasbro Ouija, Bradley came yeah. out with a fucking Ouija board. And like, yeah. mass produced it for people and made it a kids game. Yeah, let's yeah. Summon, let's summon the dead. What a great <laughs> child's game! What Everybody go in your basement game. and summon demons, as, as opposed to solving murders, right? Killing zombies, right? Or sink or sinking battleships in war. No, no, no. just let's go, just or, summon or, the dead, or buying everyone's fucking property and owning every goddamn thing on the board. Exactly, capitalism exactly. at its so finest. Let's, let's, let's summon let's the summon fucking the demons. Yeah, why not? Um, <laughs> it's actually it's it's a it's a prequel uh, to I believe the original Ouija was 2014. Um, it's a Blumhouse movie. Uh, Flanagan was brought in, I believe, to do some reshoots on the original Ouija, and uh, Jason Blum was impressed and was like, "Oh fuck it, let's uh, let's bring you in on the sequel." I think Mike Flanagan is a fucking he's genius. phenomenal. He like phenomenal. again, everybody who doesn't so know, gonna, like I have to watch this movie now. Go 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 look him up. I mean, you know, his most recent thing I think was uh. Was Midnight Mass. Midnight Mass. Midnight Mass. I was going to call it And Black I Mass. thought that was spectacular. I haven't finished it yet, but I'm going to. Um, yeah, he's great. Um, um, uh, with Doctor Sleep, the uh, the Shining sequel. Yeah. Right. Like, I mean, he's he's really. I mean, Stephen Which, King. I don't know. Stephen King. Gerald's Game. Yeah. Have you seen Gerald's Game? I think Gerald's Game is brilliant. Oh, the guy is great. really good. Yeah. I mean, he's, and he's the thing about Doctor Sleep. Doctor Sleep is I didn't think is because I read the book, but I didn't think they oh, would wow. pull it off because okay. because Kubrick. I mean, because you were talking about going from you're trying to do a synthesis of the Kubrick version and the Stephen and King the book. Story yeah, 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 yeah. Very different. And how are they going to make this? He melt? pulled it off and. God damn it! On he so many levels, yep. he nailed it. It yep. was a really entertaining film, really so, great sequel to Shining. Yeah. Yeah. So this is an early. I think this is maybe his third feature, fourth feature, of Mike Flanagan as what, director. But what's the subtitle? It's Ouija. What? Ouija Origin of Evil. So it's a it's a prequel, hence Origin yeah. of Evil. Um, you know Henry Thomas is in it. 
you know, yeah. Oh wow. Flanagan uses Henry Thomas all the time. Uh, my he buddy, my it. my buddy Sam Anderson is in it. Sam Anderson played the the principal in Forrest Gump and like a bunch of other. Oh my god, movies. Yeah. that's awesome. So like he's in it. It just it's 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 a really taut thriller. You know, I don't want to go too much into saying it's a great horror film, uh, but it's a really taut thriller. I, I really enjoyed it. Was not looking to enjoy it. I was like, oh, here, there, let's just check this one out. And yeah, I saw it a few years ago and I was like, holy shit, this is actually a really good movie. That's why Flanagan has been on my kind of radar ever since because it was just, yeah, it was great. It was great. Let's do some coming attractions. Rock I'll do on. mine first because uh, that way you can close out with because yours is much, I think, probably much better than mine. Um, so my, my, and I am very much looking forward to this film. I know you are not into the comic book films. I got it. But, um, and I, but I'll be honest with you. I did not have any interest in seeing this film until I saw the second trailer. And then I watched that second trailer and I went, okay, I fucking want to see this. So let's play my first trailer. Fear is a tool. But when that light hits the sky, it's not just a call. It's a warning. before you've nothing left. I don't care what happens to me. It's only gonna get worse for you. Whoa, take it easy, sweetheart. Hear everything they say, ain't you? Maybe we're not so different. Who are you under there? I cannot stand. Yeah. I cannot fucking stand Robert See, I don't Pattinson, either. and I cannot I don't stand I guts. Paul fucking Dano. I yep. cannot. See, I don't like stand either dude, of them. This is the thing. I agree with you, and this is the thing. I saw the teaser. I agree with you a thousand percent. I'm not a fan of of Pattinson. Although High Life, he's very fucking good in that movie. He's very good in that movie. He's very, very good. There's in that the what is it? The Lost City of Z. I mean, I've I I've, I've heard that he's no. Good. That's Charlie Hunnam. Lost no, no, is no, Charlie Hunnam. No, he's also in it. Pattinson, is he really? Pattinson is his kind of sidekick character in that oh, movie. Oh, that's yes, right. He yeah. does the weird accent. He does the weird accent. So okay. I've heard that he's good in uh, some things. Well, and I like, like he's great. I don't want to shit on any actor because, like, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not great at all. But like, I don't want to shit on anybody. It just I fucking heard who was in this bed. The only thing I'm interested in seeing is Colin Farrell as the fucking penguin. Frankly, see, this is this is the thing is in watching. Because I like Colin Farrell it, it, a lot. Yeah, it, in watching the the thing is, the thing I loved about Tim Burton was he reinvented 
the bad guys. I mean, Batman was Batman, but he reinvented the bad guys, all the villains, in a way that was really distinct and interesting. Well, I have not seen. I have not seen them do that. Uh, you, you know, I think aside from uh, Heath Ledger's Joker, I haven't seen him really have fun with the characters. Who, and who, I look who, at, who directed this one. I don't fucking know. The Batman. I, I, the, I mean, the I Batman. Should, Here, I'll pull it up. The Batman. The Batman. Yeah, um, but all up. I know is I watched this second trailer. I now want to see Paul Dano as the Riddler. I now want to see uh, Zoe Kravitz as Catwoman. I now want to see Colin Farrell as the Matt Penguin. Reese. So right, that's anyways, what I'm looking sorry. for is the Batman. Yeah. Your So your teaser, tell us, uh, set it up, or if you want to set it up, or we'll just play it. Nicolas Cage begrudgingly accepts a $1 million offer to attend the birthday of a billionaire superfan. When things take a wild turn, Nick is forced to become a version of some of his most iconic and beloved characters in order to extricate his wife and daughter from the fan who is a notorious Nick, You've been living at the Sunset Tower for over a year. They love having me there. You owe them $600,000. Okay, I'm gonna deal with all that, but I'm gonna get this next roll. And when I do, all of that changes. Then I'm back. Not that you went anywhere. Nicholas Cage, oh my God, I love you. <laughs> he was so good in The Rock. What about gone in 60 seconds? Have you seen Croods 2? No, I'm 44 years old. Why the fuck would I see Croods 2? I've seen Face Off and Con Air. We got another offer. What's it about? You head to Southern Spain and you attend a wealthy gentleman's birthday party. I would never do that. It's a million bucks, Nick. I'll take it. The guy that owns this house, what's his name? Javi. Look, if Javi wants me to fuck his wife or watch me watch him fuck his wife, that's a no-go. You understand? That's no bueno. I am Javi. Nick Cage. I'd never heard of this movie until I saw this, Till you said <laughs> And Brilliant. I, wow. I, I just about crap myself. Uh, this is... This is like uh, being John Malkovich, but for Nick Cage. Oh man! This is I just I I I watched. I left the line. (laughs) The line that I love the most is he's so great in The Rock. (laughs) I swear to God, I love that. I love I love it. He he looks at he looks at he looks at a statue of himself with the two guns from Face Off. Oh yeah, he's like, oh my god, it's horrible. I'll give you twenty thousand dollars for it. (laughs) Cause this motherfucker, he's crazy. He he lost so much money. He bought a Tyrannosaurus Rex fucking bone skeleton fucking thing. He you know he has a he has a pyramid. He has a pyramid in a New Orleans cemetery ready for him for when he dies. Like he's well, you know where he lives. My you know where he lives. No, right? I thought it was New Orleans, but I don't. I have no idea. No, where, where no, is he? He at? lives in Las Vegas. Oh wow! He lives in my city. Get out of here. He lives in my city. Can, yeah. we, let us, can we get his address and go visit him? That's amazing. I would totally do it. I think I everybody wants to. But oh, oh, oh my man, god! No, I got to but that's, <laughs> in terms of the trailer, I really want to see the Batman. But yeah, I, I if, look. If I'll, it was like opening weekend, and I had to choose between these two movies, I'm definitely. What's the name of it again? The unbearable weight of massive talent. Which, <laughs> come on, I mean, it's a great title. That's a, a Nick. That's a Nicholas Cage title for you. Come on, man. Look, I know, that and is, look, I know Nicholas Cage. He's, he's been doing some real trash in the last few years. But then you get something like Mandy, you get something like Pig, 
which I know you've seen Pig, right? I like, love. Oh, so, so you get good. you get so something good. like Mandy, you get something like Pig. So it's like it's no wonder. Like, let me take this extra money here, this extra money here, and then go do some of these really cool, interesting fucking stories that maybe don't pay me as much as these other things, right? And yeah, God bless yeah. him for doing it, man. Because I don't know. I, I I've loved him since. Fuck, I don't know. Vampires Kiss, uh, Moonstruck. Yeah. Oh yeah. Fucking Raising Arizona? Like, I don't even know, man. Like, I've been watching him my entire life. I I watched him so long, I didn't even know he was a Coppola. And I was like... Okay, just so so you know, as we're doing the I Like to Watch, one of my top ten movies, and it's moved from like eight to nine to seven to ten, is The Rock. So, Oh, fuck yeah. We're totally yes. going to talk about that movie. Which is uh, arguably uh, a continuation of, of uh, Sean Connery's yeah. uh, James Bond. Just FYI. Yes, it is. It, it, it most yeah. certainly is. Okay, yeah. and that is the show. <laughs> um, and are you are you ready for what we're going to talk about next time? Rock and roll, yeah. Let me get my pen and paper. I'm going to write it down. I, I had I had a couple of movies in mind, but what we talked about, about uh, writing in a very specific style much later... I went. I don't. I can't say that this is in that. This is not in that. Are you familiar with the Singing Detective? Oh, I've seen it once. Okay, we're not going to watch the Singing Detective because that's not a movie. Okay, but what we're going to watch is based on. It was a movie. Well, there was the movie. They didn't start as a movie. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Okay. This is an actual movie written as a movie, but written in the very style of the Singing Detective. Mm-hmm. It is 1981. It stars Steve Martin and Bernadette Peters, following up their 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 debut together in The Jerk. It is 1981's Pennies from, from Heaven, Heaven. One of yes, my sir. absolute favorite fucking movies ever made in history it's always in my three or four slot i love to watch this movie christopher walken tap dancing on a bar baby oh shit it's the best thing i ever saw in my life all right so let me uh let me get on ebay and order a dvd of that and i will there you uh, go be watching it soon rock and roll rock and roll love it that's the show everybody have a great new year yes yes happy new year y'all Happy New Year, everybody, and we will have some more movies that we will talk about how much we like to watch them in 2022. Rock and roll.